So we're going to go into part two of our new season fasting series that we started uh, last week. I got a, a pretty cool email this week from, from one of our members just um, uh, talking a little bit about how the fast is going and, and, and thanking the leadership team uh, for the time of fasting. And I just want to reiterate that our, our fast is for the purpose of, of drawing you closer to God. Right. That's that's the purpose of, of fasting is to draw you closer to God. So don't worry about if you're doing it exactly right. Don't worry about if it's hard enough. Right. Like sometimes I think we try to make it hard and that becomes a distraction from draw, for drawing closer to the Lord. It's better off for you to do something that's less challenging, that that will not become the focus of the next 21 days so that you can focus on drawing closer to the Lord. So don't worry about if you're doing it right, you know, or if it's difficult enough, just, just focus on drawing near to the Lord. Amen? Amen. So what I want to do is just kind of recap some of those tips that I gave uh, last week as we were closing up our message. And the first thing that I said is that we should have a vision and a focus for our fast and, and, and to write that down, write that down somewhere where you can revisit it uh, or you can add to it as God reveals things to you over the next 21 days. Uh, put before the Lord what you would like him to do for you during or after this 21 day period, because God will respond. We'll see that here a little bit later in our message. But the Lord absolutely does respond to our fasting and prayer. Uh, have a scripture focus. Uh, mine happens to be Luke chapter 1, verse 37, that says, for with God, nothing will be impossible. And so I, I keep rehearsing that verse in my mind as I'm praying over the things that I want God to do over the next 21 days. And, and I'm really going to allow that to just kind of be my mantra for the year of 2023. That all year long, I'm just going to remind myself with God, Nothing will be impossible. Amen. 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 We also need to pray and read the word more than normal. Yeah. Spend more time reading. Spend more time praying. And if you normally like pr pray five minutes, don't say, well, I'm going I'm to I'm really stretch it today and pray six. That's not what I'm talking about. You know, if you normally only pray over breakfast and lunch, I'm going to stretch it and pray over dinner. No, I mean, like really get into some time of prayer. And some time set aside to study the word. Amen? Amen. I talked about the importance of not uh, or limiting or even eliminating social media and, and, and really maybe all media. It's, 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 it's up to you. But in eliminating that, it's a good time to maybe spend more time in prayer and more time in reading the word. Amen? Amen. Uh, the other thing is don't let not eating become the focus of the fast, right? right? It's easy to do that. Remember, the focus is to draw near to God. The focus is to draw near to God. I was at uh, Elijah's game, Elijah Child's game on uh, Friday. He's a, he's a good, good little basketball player. And uh, it was funny because Megan and Jermel were sitting there. Megan Jermel's eating some popcorn and Megan's like, let me get some. And she said, wait, no, is that a carb? I can't have that, right? So he had a nice little chuckle about that because they're, they're doing, you know, different kinds of fasts. And it, uh, it really blessed me 
you know, because it let me know that, that they're all in. And I know many of you are all in. And my wife and I have had those same conversations. I've had that with Josh. Like, bro, you, you're eating that? <laughs> One day I'll be able to. <laughs> so don't let uh, not eating become the focus of your fast. Uh, come, uh, once again, cut back on your social media and media in general. Um, take it day by day, right? 21-day fast sounds hard, right? 21 days of not eating cookies sounds rough. <laughs> but hey, today I'm not eating cookies, Tony. I can do that. I can focus on today. Right? I know for, for 21 days I'm fasting what I'm fasting, but I'm not going to look at it from a 21-day standpoint. I'm going to just take it one day at a time. Amen? That makes it easier to uh, be, become successful in this. Uh, but I also encourage you to be open to the Lord extending the fast for you. Right? Don't just think 21 days and, hey, I've done that. Listen to the Lord. He may be wanting you to go a little bit further. And if he does, I encourage you to, uh, to dig into that. Amen? Amen? We also talked about monitoring your fast, not your wife's or your husband's or your grandson's <laughs> or your son's. You're not the fasting police and, and, and people are not fasting to you. Okay? So don't just, just monitor your own. Stay out of other people's unless they invite you into that, right? Wives. Um, enjoy it. Enjoy. enjoy it. Enjoy the fast is what we also talked about. We should really enjoy this time because, once again, it's drawing us closer to God. And so be excited about coming to prayer. Be excited about reading the word. Be excited about turning down that meal or that food, whatever it is that you're doing, because God will absolutely respond. And I wanted to just add one today that I didn't talk about last week, and that was to journal during this time. Amen. As God is speaking to you and revealing things to you, get a journal and start to write that down, you know. Uh, it's, it's, it's a good practice to have because you'll look back on day 21 and, and say, man, I can't believe on day five I was, I was trying to deal with or I was dealing with that. And here it is on day 15 where God responded and gave me wisdom and insight. So, so just journal that journey of fasting over the next 21 days or if yours goes longer than that, just journal that entire time. Uh, write it down so it'll become a record of God's faithfulness and him moving in your life over that time. Amen? Amen. So today I want to start to talk about eight benefits uh, that come through fasting. You know, and eight is an interesting number because it, it signifies newness or a new season or new life. And I really believe that's what God is wanting to give to us in uh, 2023 is that he's wanting to give us some, some newness. He's wanting to break us free from some old things that have been just hanging on for far too long. And the cool thing about new is in order for the new to come, the old has to go away. Amen. So you might want to think about some of the old in your life that you just want gone. And that might be part of what you're putting before the Lord to say, I want, I want you to do this. 
because you're bringing us into a new season. You're bringing us into newness. And I don't want to carry this into this new place that you're taking me. Amen? Amen. So we're going to talk today or start to talk today about eight different benefits that we receive through prayer and fasting. The first one is, is when fasting is done right, it helps us be spiritually minded, right? I mean, the very fact that you're saying no to food in order to pray and draw closer to the Lord is, is proof of you being more spiritually minded. And this is what the scripture says about that in Romans chapter 8, verse 5 and 6. It says, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. This, this is a very, very powerful verse, right? Because here's the deal. If you find yourself struggling with fleshly lust, fleshly desires, uh, just, just things that are, that are not taking you into the place that God wants to bring you into, you don't have to like say some crazy prayer or get angels to sing over you or any, you need to monitor what you're thinking about. That's where you need to start. I'm not saying don't get prayer, but you need to start at what, what is my mind set on? Because it's clear. Let's read it again. Romans 8, 5. Those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. Or another way of saying this is if flesh is a big part of your life, it's because it's a major part of your thought life. If you're seeing the flesh manifest in your activities, it's because you're thinking on the things of the flesh. And it doesn't always have to be bad things of the flesh that you're thinking on. It can just be, you know, if you, uh, you like to eat. This is a bad time to really talk about that since we're on a fast. But, <laughs> but you really love food and you just sit around thinking about food all day. You're thinking on the things of the flesh. You're not allowing for any thoughts of the spirit to come into your, into your mind. Now, when it comes time to fight off the flesh, it's harder to do so because you've just been indulging the flesh all day. Does that make sense? So if we want to be spiritually minded people, our mind has to be set on the things of the spirit. Fasting helps us do that because we're saying no to the plate in order to say yes to the word, in order to say yes to the presence of God, in order to say yes to tuning our ear to his voice. Everything that we're doing as we pray and fast is spiritually minded. That's why I'm saying don't focus on not eating because then we're fleshly minded. Let me focus on drawing closer to God over the next 21 days. And it's amazing when your mind is set on the things of the spirit, the flesh doesn't have a lot of room. Right. It will still try to, try to squeak in there. But because you're set on the things of the spirit, the voice is a little bit quieter. Or should I say quite a bit quieter? Amen? Amen. So those who live according to the spirit 
Their minds are set on the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded or fleshly minded, verse 6, results in death. But to be spiritually minded leads to life and peace. So the benefits of being spiritually minded is first off is the flesh is not in control. And the flesh doesn't like that. That's why, you know, like the first three, four days of a, of a fast is always challenging. It, it normally comes around day three and tries to hang on to around day four or five where you start getting headaches and feeling weird and, and all this other kind of stuff. I, I think I might, have to, I might have to start to eat that. because No, it's, it's just the flesh acting up. It's the flesh being the fool that it is. And, 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 and unless you are really in physical trouble, you need to hang on to your fast. Because the flesh wants to be in control. But we want our spirit to reign and to rule. And so you'll always get this time where the flesh starts to act up. It's okay. It's part of the process. We got to continue to tell the flesh no because it's not in, in charge. It's not in control. Amen? The second thing is that it says when we're spiritually minded, we get life. Well, what is, what is life? It, it's, it's literal life, but also figurative as well. You got any dreams or hopes, visions that haven't come to pass, and so you just put them on the shelf and there's dust on them? Being spiritually minded will allow you to pull those off the shelf, dust them off, and start to see it from a new perspective. Start to see how life can come into that thing. Amen? Amen. It's amazing to me over the last few days how, how God has started to give me some new ideas for my business, for growing my business. Things that are like really simple, not super profound, just simple little things that I can do that's, that's like, yeah, that'll make, that'll make a big difference. See, we want to be spiritually minded because these ideas that will help us live the abundant life that Jesus died and rose for us to live in, they come from the Spirit. And if all I'm doing is indulging my flesh all day long, how can I clearly hear from the Spirit? You will hear from your flesh. And trust me, that's going to take you down a path you don't want to go. And so let's live spiritually minded so that we can find life for our families, our marriages, our finances, our ministry, our businesses, our careers, our education, whatever it is. Whatever it is that you are endeavoring to do, you can find life for that thing as you're spiritually minded. That's why I was saying last week, we need to really try to live a fasted lifestyle where we're fasting on some sort of regular basis, not just for the first 21 days of the year, then we don't deal with it again until the next year. You should have a regular habit as disciples of Christ of fasting and praying. It moves us into the spirit quickly. Amen? Amen. Paul also says that when we're spiritually minded, not only do we find life, but we find peace. Anybody like peace? Man, I love peace. I love peace. Saturday morning, it's like I, I woke up early and it's like I had nowhere to go. So I'm just laying in my bed, 
praying to the Lord, right? Just having a good old time of peace. Well, many of you know we got this new puppy. And that joker started acting up about an hour into my just peaceful meditation on the word of God and praising the Lord and all that. I start hearing a little whining, you know. It's like, uh-uh, go back to sleep. And it just, it just wouldn't. I mean, this, this dog just broke the peace that I was enjoying. <laughs> so I guess it's time to get up. You know, I'm just uh, not going to be able to see this thing out. But, but peace is, is something that we all need in this life. Because we live such a, a, a fast-paced life, we need times of peace. Amen. We need times of quietness. That's, that's, that's another way of thinking about peace is quietness. Because we're always distracted. We're all doing five or six different things at the same time. We need peace. Be spiritually minded then. The other thing about peace is it also points to prosperity. And don't just think in terms of money. What do you want to prosper that's in your life? Do you want your health to prosper? Do you want your relationships, your ministry, your business? Do you want your children to prosper? Do you want your family to prosper? Do you want your church family to prosper? Be spiritually minded. Because with that comes peace or prosperity. Amen? Amen? The second thing is that fasting turns our hearts back to God in repentance. I know some of you are thinking, well, my heart never left God. Okay. If you say so. Right? When you get frustrated because that person cut you off in traffic and you're, you're contemplating how to retaliate, you have left the spirit. <laughs> Serious. I'm, I'm telling you from experience, right? So sometimes we need a fast to bring our heart fully back to God. The responsibilities of life can take our heart from God. Not that, not that I'm not saying that we've backslidden and we, we've rejected the things of God, but just he's not first. He's not preeminent. Because the kids need food, and I also need to do this. And so you understand what I'm saying, right? And so fasting turns our hearts back to God, and when needed, turns it to repentance. In Joel chapter 2, verses 12 and 13, it says, Now therefore, says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting with weeping and with mourning. You, you see that the Lord says all of your heart. That means part of it can be with God and part can be somewhere else. It doesn't have to be an all or nothing thing for our heart to be turned. It's not like, well, it's not completely turned away from God, so I guess it's not. No, it is partially so the Lord is calling us, turn back to me with all your heart. With fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. So rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, 
and of great kindness, and he relents from doing harm. See, back in the day, in, in the biblical times, when there was like uh, agony, they would, they would tear their clothes, right? Mm-hmm. And, and they'd throw dust on their hair and just, you know, that was their way of, of mourning and agonizing. And the Lord is saying, stop doing that, right? Because some of you are rending your clothes and throwing dust on your hair, but, but your hearts are still turned from me. So you have the outward appearance of being affected by, you know, something that I've done, but, but your heart is really what I'm after. So he's saying, let your heart be torn. Let your heart be broken. So much so that it turns you back to me, right? And part of that turning back to God with our whole heart, he says, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. There should be some things that God is revealing to you or showing you during the next 21 days that causes you to to mourn, that saddens you, if you're doing it right, right? There should be some things that as you're fasting and and praying that that you start to mourn about. And I'm not saying the, the general things. We can look at society and weep over that. We can look at society and mourn over the things that are going on. I'm talking about the secret things that are in your heart that you try to like push off to the side and say, well, I'm I'm, I'm really not that bad. It's really not that serious. But the Lord is saying, it is to me. Bring it to me. This is how that that little white lie uh, uh, grieves me. Are you hearing me this morning? It's, it's like people say, well, we don't, we don't live under the law. We're under grace. And they don't even understand what they're saying. Because grace took it to another level. Remember, Jesus says this, that it said eye for eye and two for two. But I say don't even resist the evil person. Right? talks about don't don't sleep with with your neighbor's wife but I say if you look at a woman and lust for her in your heart right see how grace has taken it to another level where it's not just about your outward activity but what is the condition of your heart and your mind that's the kind of mourning and weeping that we should be experiencing as we're fasting it's easy to weep over the crazy stuff that's going on in the world You don't even have to be saved to weep over that. But man, when you're fasting and the Lord shows you something about you that you didn't know, not because he's mad at you, but because he's saying, I want better for you, Cam. You're better than this, Dean. I've got a greater purpose for you, Bill. And he starts to show us in his loving kindness the things in us that he wants changed so that we can go to the next level in our relationship with him, that causes us to to mourn and to weep. Fasting turns our heart back to God in repentance. There's something that Lord showed me this week. I I got some bad news. I think it was Thursday that uh, many of you know I, I, I changed companies and I'm with a new firm now. And I got some bad news on Thursday that that one of my largest clients, they said, we're, we're not moving. We're staying where we're at. 
I had to come over here and man, it just messed me up. And so I'm driving over here and I'm thinking, why do I feel like this? And I start to really, because I, I ask myself that question a lot when I feel certain ways, like, why am I feeling like this? And, 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 and I, I start to realize it's, it's A, because I'm, I'm competitive, right? So I just feel like I lost. <laughs> so I'm just being honest. I feel like I lost to my old company and I don't like that. But the deeper side of it is I've spent years working with these people, developing a relationship with them, and, and, and now it's, it's, it's gone, right? So all day long, I was just like, just mourning that and feeling bad about it. I came over here, my wife was here, Pastor Mary Jo, and I was like, man, I just got some bad news, and this is what happened, and my wife made a joke about it, and I was like, I'm gonna go back to my office. Because this ain't a joking matter for me. She wasn't being mean or anything, but it's just not a big deal to her, right? Uh, let me say it this way. I don't want her to sound evil because she, she's not. She, it just, for her, she was trying to make me feel better by making a joke, right, is what she was doing. But it didn't. <laughs> she failed. <laughs> so, so I'm sitting here. And I'm talking to, and I was like, you know what? I know what I need to do. I need to get home and I need to hit my knees and pray. I got home, I start to pray, and it's like instantly the Lord starts to reveal something to me. First thing he says is these people don't belong to you. They don't belong to you, right? Second thing he showed me, he said, you're feeling this way because it's like when someone you love that's part of the church and then they just leave. It feels like that, doesn't it? Oh, it does. And he's like, and you get over that, don't you? Yes, eventually. He started to show me like there's, 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 there's other things at work here that you don't know. And so only deal in the facts. Because I start to say, oh, over there at the old company, they're throwing dirt on me and blah, blah, blah. They're lying. And the, and the Lord stopped me. He says, don't do that. Right. Just deal in the facts. Deal with what you know. And what you know is they said no. And so it's like, okay, fine. And I start to bless them and pray, pray for them and, and thank God for the time that I had with them. Well, the next day they emailed me to say why they didn't, they're not moving over. And it was like, oh my goodness. I'm so thankful I didn't start to go somewhere with things I thought but did not know mentally. Right? Now they're still not moving over with me, but I can deal with it more. And I'm taking the time to tell all this story because the Lord was showing me something about me in that interaction that I say that I trust him and I do, but there's still things in my life that I don't trust him with, that I don't trust his process with. And that caused me to mourn and to weep and to repent and say, Lord, forgive me. Thank you now for them staying with the old firm because I didn't know that was in me. Amen? Amen. Fasting when done right turns our heart back to God in repentance. The good part of that story too is the next day when I went into work, had a bunch of calls from people I've been trying to get a hold of that haven't been getting in touch. They haven't been calling me back. And it was like, oh, so this whole process has just been a lesson. 
right? And I'm telling you, church, once we learn the lesson that God is teaching us, then the floodgates can open. Then the gates can open back up and we can start to experience his blessing and his goodness and all these other things, right? In fact, don't we see that in verse in verse uh, 13, it says, return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful and slow to anger and, and, and of great kindness, and he relents from doing harm. But let's get our heart right. Fasting helps us get our heart right. Amen? Amen. The third thing is that fasting increases faith and moves demonic influences. Obviously, we're not going to get to eight today, okay? That's all right. (laughs) The third thing is fasting increases faith and moves demonic influences. We see this in the very popular story in Matthew chapter 17, where there's a boy who's demon-possessed. The boy's father brings him to the disciples of Jesus. They can't cast the demon out. In fact, he starts to act even, even more uh, demonic as they're trying to cast it out. So Jesus comes and casts out the spirit. And then privately, the disciples take Jesus, right? Because, of course, they're not going to ask publicly, why couldn't we cast him out? But it's like, hey, um, uh, Lord, come here for a second. Can I talk to you over here? Away from all the people. If we want to save face. Why could we not cast it out? Right? So Jesus answers in verse 20 and says, because of your unbelief. Actually, let me say it the way I believe the Lord was saying it. So they say, why could we not cast it out? And Jesus says, because of your unbelief. For surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will be moved, and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. See, when Jesus says, because of your unbelief, he's saying because of your faithlessness. Doesn't mean they don't believe in Jesus or even believe in the power of God. It just means that in that moment, in that situation, because of the gravity of it and the bigness of the demonic manifestation, there was this stepping back from remembering who God is. Now, I know a lot of you are super Christians and you would never do that, but I was encountered with this the last time we were in Uganda. And we're preaching a a revival service and people start manifesting demons. And I literally stepped back and said, I ain't touching none of them. That is different. I have never seen something like that in my life. And I've seen demonic manifestations, but this was different. I'm talking, you saw little Heather up here singing during worship. Women her size and smaller taking three grown, powerful men to hold down because a demon is manifesting in them. Facial, entire facial structures changing. This stuff is real. People don't like to hear about it because it, 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 it freaks us out. It's the truth, man, and we need to know about it. But when that happened, I I literally stepped back and our team saw me step back and they stepped back with me. 
And we're like, let's let the Ugandans handle this. They know what they're doing. <laughs> Shoot. We're going to watch. Can I have a water, sir? <laughs> but then the Spirit of God rose up in us. It's saying the same Spirit that is in them is in you. And so we just start to pray for people. We start to, we start to engage in that process of, of setting people free. I believe it was about 300 people that we saw get set free from demonic spirits. Now I'm telling you, it's not that the disciples were bad and lacking faith completely. It's that the manifestation caused them to say, whoa, that's different. And now they're saying, why could we not cast it out? And Jesus saying, because of your faithlessness. In the moment, there's a, there's a lacking of faith. There's the power of the enemy has, has somehow caused you, like it did for me, to forget the power of God. To start to think about self more than this person's deliverance, right? Because for me, I was like, I, I don't want that to get on me. Amen? Amen? But then Jesus starts to teach them. He says, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move, and it will move. Now, mustard seed is a very, very small seed. If I had one in my hand right now, you couldn't see it. It's that small. But it grows and it becomes, it can be, it, it's an herb, so it doesn't become a tree, but it can become an herb that's up to like 10 feet tall from the research that I've done. So from this very small seed can come a pretty sizable herb. And that's what Jesus is teaching here, is that when you have faith as a mustard seed, you'll be able to say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will obey you because it might start small, but as you exercise it, it grows. As you use it, it grows. Right? And then he makes a very important he makes a couple important statements. He says, nothing will be impossible for you. When you have faith as a mustard seed and you walk in faith, nothing will be impossible for you. Then he says in 21, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So wait a minute, Jesus. You're saying there are some demonic spirits and manifestations that will not move unless I have a lifestyle of prayer and fasting. And I'm telling you, that's what he's saying. Why could we not cast it out? Because your faithlessness and this specific kind only comes out through prayer and fasting. So I personally believe that as we, as our fasting life increases, our faith grows and our ability to overcome demonic influences also increases. Now, we don't think we have a big need for that in America because we don't have demonic manifestations. And I would say you have drank the Kool-Aid. We have it here. A lot of it, I'm not saying all, a lot of it is being classified as mental illness. A lot of it, we're giving people pills for it. 
Listen, if you're on medication, don't get mad at me. I'm not saying that you have a demon. I'm saying a lot of it. Some of that stuff is legitimate. There is legitimate mental illness. There's legitimate need for medications and things along those lines. But some of the stuff that we see in America is demonic. And we think that only happens in third world countries. No, it doesn't. When you can be in a town like Appleton, drive down the main strip in the city, and there's a whole store dedicated to witchcraft. Right? Just watch the people that are around the city wearing all black and tattoos of moons all over their bodies. I'm telling you, they're engaged in the occult. Wearing the little crystals around their neck or on their earrings, that's an occult symbol. And I'm telling you, if we as the body of Christ don't have a lifestyle of prayer and fasting, this city will be given over to idols. Just like, remember Paul's in Athens, I believe it was, and he's in the marketplace, and it says his spirit, Doc, was provoked within him because he saw that the city was given over to idols. And so he goes and he starts to reason with the people in the synagogue and in the marketplace. And he says, I I, I perceive that you are religious people because of all these idols you guys have around here. I even saw one idol to the, with the inscription of, to the unknown God. He said, I'm going to preach to you about that one. His name is Jesus, right? And he goes into this, preaching the gospel to these folks. And the city comes into repentance. Now, there are some that rise up and want to cast him out and destroy him, but there's revival that takes place in the city. Pastor Eric just stood up here and said, he's praying, bring revival, let the fire of God come. Then we better start praying and fasting as the people of God if we really want to see that. Not for 21 days to start the year, but as a lifestyle church. You may run up on that one that can't come out unless you've been praying and fasting. Amen? Amen. So our fasting increases our faith and gives us the power to move demonic influences. Demonic influences don't care about your power. Does not care about the power of man. It cares about the anointing of God and the power of God. It has to move. Amen? Amen. Let's look at the fourth one and then we'll, we'll close. Fasting leads to answered prayer and greater sensitivity to the voice of the Lord. Anybody want that? Anyone want their prayers answered and the ability to hear from God, right? I'd probably still be broke up today if I didn't have the ability to hear God when I went home to pray on Thursday. I'm thankful that I can hear from the Lord. I don't hear from him as, as, as quickly and as intimately as I like to, as I would like to, but I'm, I'm growing in that. I'm a lot further than I was five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. I don't think I'll ever get comfortable with where I am. I want to be able to hear God's voice crystal clear in the very moment that I need to hear his voice. And so I need to have a lifestyle of prayer and fasting. Because it leads to answer prayer and it leads to a greater sensitivity to the Lord's voice. In Acts chapter 10, we read about a man named Cornelius who is not a Jew. He's a Gentile. 
but he's devoted to God. And that's something we all need to understand. You can be a church lady, a church guy. You can be a deacon at your church or on the elder board, but you can't hear from the Lord. Why is that? Well, because I'm not really dedicated. I'm not really sold out. I'm not casting stones, but if that's you, like, let's get it right. There are seasons of my life. There have been seasons of my life. Let me say it that way. There have been seasons of my life where I can't hear the Lord. And when I look at those seasons, it's because I'm not sold out to God. It's because there's interference being ran. I may be offended at somebody and my offense has overtaken a big portion of my life. Right? I may be, I remember when I lived in Texas and I'm chasing money like crazy, right? Because I'm competitive and I see all these other people my age making a lot more money than me. I got to make money. I got to make more than them because I'm competitive. So I was consumed with a competitive spirit and I couldn't hear the voice of the Lord. I couldn't hear. Made decisions that almost shipwrecked my family financially. We have to be in this place where we're always sensitive to the, voice, to the Lord's voice because his voice is what needs to direct us, not our feelings or the philosophies of the world or even what our best friend thinks is the right thing to do. It's okay to get counsel. There's wisdom in getting counsel, but that counsel better line up with what the voice of the Lord is saying in that moment. Amen? Amen. Let me read from Acts chapter 10, verse 30 as we close. It says, so, so Cornelius said, four days ago, I was fasting until this hour. And at the ninth hour, I prayed in my house. And behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing and said, Cornelius, your prayers has been heard and your alms are remembered in the sight of God. This man standing before him was an angel. So Cornelius has this lifestyle of being committed and dedicated to God. And now he's in a time of fasting and prayer. And God sends an angel to speak to him and tell him what he must do so that he can hear the gospel. But imagine that, that you're praying in your prayer closet. And all of a sudden appears an angel, Pastor Eric. And he says, your prayers and your giving have come up before the Lord as a memorial. Think about that. Right? Some of us may not have any prayers or giving in the, in the circuit for it to come up to a memorial to God. Some of us watching online because the people here give and pray. <laughs> but think about that. He's in a time of fasting and praying and the Lord sends an angel to say, listen, God remembers you. 
And he's giving you some direction about what you must do. Because the angel tells him, send to Joppa, get this guy, Peter. He's going to come and preach to you and tell you what you must do to basically be saved. And so he sends that. When Peter finally comes, it's, it, it, I, I imagine, for me, I see it as a very sweet moment that Peter and his, his group come through the door. And as they walk through the door of the house, the whole household of Cornelius is sitting there waiting for the man of God to bring the word of the Lord. Let's not lose that ability to patiently wait for our answer from the Lord. You're fasting and praying for a purpose. Don't get discouraged because you don't hear God in the first week or two weeks or two weeks, six days and 23 hours. God will speak when God will speak. Some of us might finish the 21 days, never hear a word from the Lord about what we're praying on and he may speak to us in February about it. The question I have for you is, do you want to hear it on your time or do you want to hear it? Right? Don't get me wrong. I want to hear it today, Lord. I want to hear it right now. Yet not my will, your will be done. Just let my prayers, my giving, my fasting come before you as a memorial. Cornelius, your prayers have been heard and your arms are remembered in the sight of God. That word remembers, it means that, or remember, it means to recollect for the purpose of rewarding. Wow. I want that for my life. I want that for this church. I want that for the families of the people that are connected to this particular body. Fasting leads to answer prayer and helps us be more sensitive to the voice of God. I believe when we're fasting, because we're fasting, it's like we get to skip in line if I can speak in men's terms or in the terms of man, right? Because we understand with God, he hears it all, all at the same time. He's everywhere, all at the same place. But just for visual, it's like us being in a long line then we start fasting and the bouncer comes and says you too come on you get to walk right in well but there's all these other people before me come on it's your turn you've gained favor that's what I believe fasting and prayer does for us is it expedites the process of getting answers from the Lord on the things that we're, incur uh, we're uh, uh, crying out to him about. So don't grow weary during this prayer or this time of prayer and fasting. Don't give up. If you've slipped up, forgive yourself and get back on track. Right? Oh, I messed up. I just, I can't do this. No, you can. Start now. 
but it won't be 21. Doesn't matter. Start now. And if you want it to be 21 days, extend it for 21 days. But just get started. There's so much good that comes from us voluntarily or even in obedience, responding to God in prayer and fasting. I don't know about you, but I need the goodness of God in my life. I want to see the goodness of God in my life. I want to see the evidence of his goodness like we sung this morning. Amen. All over my life. I want to see his promises and fulfillment all over my life. So I'm going to live a lifestyle of praying and fasting. Amen. So next week, we're going to look at four other benefits of of prayer and fasting. But I would encourage you this week to continue to press in. And if you haven't been really praying more and reading more, set aside time. Set an alarm. I have alarms on my phone throughout the day that tell me, like when the alarm goes off, like I have one at 3.15, right? Because the stock market closes at 3 o'clock. And so I set this for 3.15 because it's like there's a good chance for me to go from 8.30 when the market opens to 3 o'clock, 8.30 in the morning to 3 o'clock p.m. of not really engaging the Lord. Because I'm, I'm, I'm busting it. I'm trying to do my thing. I'm trying to, to, to do my job and meet the needs of my clients and provide for my family and do all these things. And, and sometimes I don't pause to speak to the Lord. And so I have an alarm set at 3.15. And when that alarm goes off, it's like, oh, I got to pray. Doesn't mean I have to pray for an hour, but I need to engage God. I have another one at 6.30 p.m. Right? I used to have one that went off at 12.30 a.m., Start making my wife mad because it was waking her up too. I have another one at 6.30 in the morning or 5.30 in the morning. Now 5 o'clock actually as Josh and I get up and we do our Bible study. I'm just telling you church, you got to do, put some things in your life to make sure you're pausing to spend time in prayer and the word because that is where we engage God. And that is where we see our lives transformed. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you for today.